God's word and then we see what God has been stuck for us. Our um, online and, you know, whether it's audio, whether it's on Facebook, we have, if you are joining this service, you are welcome in the name of the Lord Jesus. All right, um, let's go into today and let's see what God has been stuck for us today. All right, we're continuing our series, Prayer School. And then let's do a recap of some of the things we'll be talking about in prayer school. And then we jump into it straight, right away. Now, we'll be looking at different kinds of prayer mentioned in the New Testament. Hello, guys. We said there are different kinds of prayers mentioned in the New Testament. All right, let's start by looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. All right, can we all read together? Let's read one to go and pray in the spirit on all occasion with all kinds of prayer and what? Let's just stop there for a minute. And pray in the spirit on all occasion with all kinds of prayer and request. That's to tell us that there are different kinds of prayers. Praise the name of the Lord. Because Paul Apostle was giving us an insight. That we should pray in the spirit with in all okay on all occasion with all kinds. Everybody say all kinds of prayers. So he said with all kinds of prayers and requests. Let's read the other part. We want to go with these in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for what for all God's people. He says we should all we should keep on praying. So there's no retirement in prayer. You don't take vacation in prayer. Prayer is something. Prayer is who you are. Prayer is who you are. Everybody say, prayer is who I am. What breathing is to a man is what prayer is to you as a spiritual man. So you can't, you can't, I don't know how you're going to sustain life without prayer. There's no how you can sustain life without prayer. Because, please, let me, let me talk to our internet audience. You see, guys, this world that we are living in, we talked about it in the kingdom of authority. There is rule by, by, by the rule of, this, of darkness. You need to know that you are in the world, but you are not of the world. And for you to actually get your way out, I mean, exile in this system of this world, you have to live by prayer. Prayer is what puts the hands of the devil at, uh, at ease. Prayers, it paralyzes the activity of darkness on the earth. So, when man does not pray, then evil is about to happen. What stops evil is as a result of prayers. And you think the world is even corrupt now? Oh, guys, wait till when we leave this earth. The moment we leave this earth, we're out of this place, you will see the chaos that the world will turn to. The world instantly, the world will turn to another thing else. So, in other words, what keeps the earth at peace till now is the, prayer, is the prayer of the saints. That's why the Bible says, keep on, always, keep on praying. And you see it in Colossians chapter, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 also. He mentioned, he says, we should all keep praying. Pray without ceasing. That's what Jesus said. I mean, for our apostle in the book of Thessalonians. He said, pray without ceasing. And Jesus also said, he says, a Bible that men always ought to pray. Luke chapter 18. So men ought always to pray. And Jesus lived that lifestyle. He lived the lifestyle of prayer. 
right from the, um, the, the baptism at the river Jordan, you see all throughout his life, he lived by prayer. When he was about to take a major shift in his ministry, he dated it in the place of prayer. When he wanted to start his ministry, he started it by what? In the place of prayer. And when he was about to go to the cross, oh, the only way he could go to the cross is in prayer. He actually, the place he actually went to the cross, he finished the work, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed everything out. So prayer, everybody say, prayer is who I am. So we talked about different kinds of prayer. Now it's for us to understand how prayer works. Because prayer is not just about chanting. It's not chanting. We are not in a chanting uh, religious system. Where everybody will just be mourning, doing the same word or funny thing. That you don't even know what it means. But here we need to understand that how prayer works. So that we can channel in the right way and we can get results. Did I hear a message to that? So it's not just about praying, it's about praying so that we get results. Every other religion, if you ask them, they are just praying as a religious activity. They never, they don't expect an answer to prayers. They just make it a routine that we must go and pray, we must go and pray, we must go and pray. I have seen many people from other religions ask, in fact, till, even till yesterday, someone that happens to be a, an imam, a head in his religious Islamic is still begging me that please pray for me, keep praying for me. And what comes into my mind is that, but you guys are praying. You pray five times in a day. Then why are you still stuck? In other words, they, most of them, they are, they, they are praying just because of prayer. They never pray so that they can get results. So that's why we are teaching in prayer school how to pray and get results. Did I hear say amen to that? And we said, uh, that in the New Testament, there are uh, seven kinds of prayer mentioned in the New Testament. Let's do a recap of some of them. Um, it's on the screen. Uh, all right. Let's read. Let, let's take them one by one. Want to go? Intercessory prayer. Everybody say intercessory prayer. We have prayer of faith. Everybody say prayer of faith. Prayer in the spirit. Say prayer in the spirit. Say consecration prayer. United prayer. Prayer of agreement. Prayer of thanksgiving. These are seven kinds of prayer that you will see in the gospel and in the New Testament. So we started by looking at intercessory prayer. And we said, what is intercessory prayer? What, can, what is intercessory prayer? We said intercessory prayer is the act of praying on behalf of others. What is intercessory prayer? Intercessory prayer is praying on behalf of others. And we said intercessory prayer, it takes selfishness out of our prayer life. James said you, uh, uh, James said you pray, but you didn't get result. The reason is because you are praying so unto your own set, unto your own lust. Everything that you are praying is about you, 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 yourself. And when we get into that, it's hard for us to get result in prayer. And that's why we are starting with intercessory prayer. Putting others ahead of us. Did I hear a amen to that? And did I hear say amen to that? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. I want us to read it together. Let's read one to go. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let's stop there for a while. You see, it says, let nothing be done with selfish ambition. 
In place of prayer also, you can be selfish. All it can be about you, 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 you. All me, 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 me. God, give me, give me, give me. And there's nothing about thinking about others to pray. So the Bible makes us to understand that we should do nothing. We should do nothing with selfish ambition. Now, verse 4, want to go. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of who? Others. So we look out. We take it upon ourselves to pray for others. That is looking out for other, other people's interests. You look at what bothers other people else, then you put them in place of prayer. Do you pray for people? That's the concern. Do you spend, excuse me, the, how you will put passion in your own personal prayer is the way you should put passion when you are praying for others. The same passion should drive you. Praying for others with passion, the same way you pray for yourself with passion. Did I hear say amen to that? In, in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, let's see what it says. Let's read one to go. Be kindly affectionate to one another with what? Brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. We also give preference to one another in the place of prayer also. We give others preference. You know, when, what does it mean when, when you give someone preference? You give the person an upper hand, or uh, I don't know how to put it, but you put the person first in the place of prayer. Put, especially members of the household of faith, you put them first in the place of prayer. You pray for your nation, you pray for your country, you pray for all believers. That's why the Bible says in the book of uh, uh, Philippians that we read, it says, keep praying, uh, it says always keep on praying for all the lost people, all saints. We keep praying for them. We keep praying for them. We keep praying for them. Praise the name of the Lord. Then, quickly, we look at areas of intercessory prayers. That's where we've been looking at for some uh, weeks now. With number one, we look at prayer for our political leaders. Everybody say prayer for our political leaders. Alright, number two, we look at prayer for other believers. Okay? Number one, prayer for political leaders is very, very important. The Bible said it in the scripture. We showed it that we also pray for our leaders. And then we talk about praying for other believers. That is so important. In fact, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 that, that is on the screen right now, it also emphasizes, it says, put this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the lost people. So we keep on praying for other believers. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, number three, prayer for the establishment, that's what we talked about last week. We've said prayer for the establishment of God's kingdom on the earth. Prayer for the establishment of God's kingdom on the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. In Colossians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 4, rather, verse 2 to 4. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 4 in uh, TPT's translation. Let's read together. I want to go. It says, Be faithful to pray as intercessor who are fully alert and giving thanks to God. It says, You want to be faithful. Everybody say, I'll be faithful. So it admonishes that we should be faithful as intercessors. And what who is an intercessor? Is someone that stands in the gap of others in the place of prayer. Be faithful. So 
it's not something that we do occasionally. It's a ministry that we have been given to. We have been given the ministry of intercessory. Let me say this. Intercessory is not for it's not a departmental ministry in the church. There's no way in the New Testament that you will see it. Oh, of course, there are some, some there can be some set of people that have delegated themselves into prayer. But actually, the ministry of intercessory is for all believers. Check the New Testament. There's no department that is actually carved out for intercessory prayers. No. It's all believers. It's a ministry. Whether you like it, whether it's a ministry that you have been called into. You have been called into it. That's why it's, excuse me, Paul was writing to the church. He's writing to the old church. And see what he said. He said, be faithful to pray as intercessor. So there's nothing like, um, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm an usher in the church. Uh, nothing concerned me about uh, Everybody, we are in this uh, prayer team together. In fact, if I should make it, everybody should be involved in it. Everybody should be involved in it. In the ministry of intercessory. So, I'm not, it's not like I'm in a, I'm a choir, so I don't have anything to do with if you're a choir, if you're an usher, if you're a treasurer, if you're a pastor, if you're a deacon, you are all involved in what? Intercessory prayer. We are all involved. Everybody say we are all involved. See, he said, be faithful to pray as intercessor who are fully alert and giving thanks to God. Verse 3, let's read one to go. And please pray for me. Everybody say, pray for me. That God will open a door of opportunity for us to preach the revelation of the mystery of Christ. For whose sake I am in prison. Pray that I will unfold and reveal fully this mystery. For that is my delightful assignment. So Paul was admonishing the church that, guys, intercede for me. If Paul, I mean, Paul as great as he was, could ask the church to intercede for him, how much more you and I ought to intercede for the ministers of God. And we are interceding on their behalf so that those, see, what, see the reason why Paul said they should intercede for him. See, there's no prayer should be specific. It's not just pray for me. Hey, Paul, we don't know whether you are whether you want to get married or you you want us to pray for a wife for you. So tell us what you want us to pray about. So it's specific. Now somebody now have somebody walked up to you and said, Remember me in your prayer. Has somebody said that to you? Do you know that? If someone asks me that, I mean, pray for me, the first thing I'll ask is, what, what do you want me to pray about? Because until I know what I'm going to pray about, there's no way I'm going to pray, in, I mean, pray in the specific for your needs. Do you guys get it? So, what do you want me to pray for? It's not just pray for me. Pray for me, pray for what? So, pray for me is not actually a prayer. What should I pray about? So, be specific in your prayer. Pray for me. Paul said that doors of opportunity to preach the gospel. And you will see there that actually doors open for him. Remember, we talked about it in Ephesus when he said, Great door was open. Great door was open to me. So, is it as a result of the answer prayers? Yes. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, the same Paul says, 
when I went to Tuas, God opened doors to preach the gospel. So the prayer was answered as a result of the church praying for him. Excuse me, how I, it, is it going to be like when we all take this kind of prayer and pray for the expansion of the kingdom of God? We pray that doors of opportunity will be open for the gospel all over the world. And I said something last week. I said, the gospel is the priority of God. There's nothing as paramount in God's eyes as the gospel, as the preaching of the gospel. The, what, I mean, God, God can do anything just because of the gospel. Because it's the, that's, the, that's, the, I mean, that's what God depends on from us. The Bible says he has given us this ministry of reconciliation. In the ministry, see, anything that we do in the church that does not lead to the gospel is in vanity. Hello? If we are, okay, if you say we are calling to drama, drama department. Now, if the drama does not, I mean, reveal the gospel, the essence of the gospel, it is vanity. If your song, you call yourself a, a, a gospel musician, now, if your songs are not reflecting the gospel, you are just singing for jamboree. So, because it's the powerful thing. Now, the gospel may not necessarily be you carrying Bible. It can be in different form. You get, you get what I'm saying. But everything still points to one person, which is Jesus and the gospel. That's why it is songs that actually talks about the revelation of Jesus. There are songs of the New Testament. Everything we do must point to the gospel. Praise the name of the Lord. In the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1. Alright, see the same guy again. Paul, giving them another prayer to pray. Now, let's read one to go. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Excuse me. If he has stopped here, then it will have been... It's not prayer, that's what I'm saying. It says, we ask you to pray for us. If Paul have just stopped here, and then he moved on, then he has left the church in confusion because they won't know what they exactly they want him to pray. See how he was so specific about it. See what he said in verse, um, in the net, I mean, in the continuation of it. Want to go. Pray that God's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes. Is this specific? So, if you are to pray for Paul now, you know what they are going to pray about. It's not just pray, God, we don't know what we want to pray for Paul, but we don't know whether he's in danger. We just want to pray. No, 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 no. He said, pray that the Lord's message. So, he gave them specific prayer points. And also, when he was talking to the Ephesian church, in Ephesians, he says, I do not cease to pray for you. That the God was that specific. So we can see the prayer he, he was praying for them. It was specific and absolute. It said that in, I'm, I'm talking about Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 uh, downward. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, it says, I bow my knee to the it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. So do you see what he was praying about? In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, when I remember you guys, when I remember, he was talking to the Ephesian church, it says, anytime you come into my mind, oh, I just go on my knees. I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom the whole family never and earth with his name, that he will grant unto you. 
So he was specific in his prayer. He was just just praying, I'm praying for you. Just know that I'm praying. So we need to know what you are praying about. Praise the name of the Lord. So when we are praying, it's until when we get to a point where we have exhausted, we don't know exactly what we should pray about. Then the Bible says the Spirit helped our infirmity. You get, you get it now. You get the balance. Then you just the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, um, concerning this person, I don't know what exactly to pray. If, that's why we are asking him. Because we don't know exactly. Do you guys get what I'm saying? We are not just saying, Holy Spirit, don't be praying randomly, you know, whatever it is, just, let's, just pray, just pray. No, 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 no. You, you, maybe you, you just feel a burden that somebody you need to pray for. You said, oh God, Holy Spirit, I don't know how I ought to pray for this. It did not say that we do not know how to pray. Because the Bible says he gave us an, a way to pray here. We know what Paul want them to pray. But it says, but we do know how we ought to pray. How best we can pray this prayer. How best can we pray that God's message will spread rapidly? Is it spreading in Asia? Is it to spread in Asia Minor? Do you guys get the specific now? That's why we have the Holy Spirit now to help us. Then we Holy Spirit, I don't know how I ought to pray for Brother Paul. I don't know where he is presently now. But we want to pray for him. And we pray in tongues. And as we are praying, we yield ourselves to the Spirit. The Holy Spirit helped our weaknesses. In other words, he, he helped us in this place of prayer. And then he makes intercession on our behalf. Did I hear say amen to that? So that we can see, we ought to pray for the expansion of the kingdom of God. All right, quickly. Number four. Number four. Number four. Number one is prayer for political leaders. Number two, prayer for all believers. Number three, prayer for the establishment of the kingdom on the earth. Number four, prayer for the betting of souls into the kingdom. Prayer for the giving birth. For the betting of souls into the kingdom. It can look like number three, but I, I, I'm just being specific now. There's a difference between praying for the expansion of the kingdom and we pray now to give birth to souls in the kingdom. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Online, do you guys get it? Alright, let's look at some few scriptures. Oh, I love this, I love this, I love this. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 8. Isaiah 66 verse 8. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 8. Can we read we together? Alright, let's read one to go. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the head be made to be forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travel, everybody said travel. What happens? She brought forth her children. So until, so until Zion travel, there was no birth. Praise the name of the Lord. In this verse, there is a, um, let me just explain this verse quickly. There is a dual interpretation. You can actually interpret it in two dimensions. Remember prophecies in the Old Testament, they can talk about something that is about to come in the, maybe in the next five years. And also, it can also be talking about things to come. You see things like that in the, in the, in the book of, uh, in, in, the, in the Old Testament, in the prophecy. So that's how prophecy are. Prophecy can talk about the present and also it can, I mean, talking about something that is about to happen and then it will talk about something that will take 
maybe 2,000 years to come. Some, they prophesy about the coming of Jesus as the king, and they also, as another interpretation, talking about his coming during the millennium race. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So that's our prophecy. That's why you have to be, you have to be a student of prophecy. You understand? To be able to rightly divide prophecy. Because you don't just interpret prophecy literally on what you think it is. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. So I'm going to give you two dual interpretations of this. Number one, this talks about the giving birth of Israel as a nation. Yeah, nation was under captivity. Remember, Isaiah was the one prophesying about the, um, about the um, exile of Israel. Talking about what... So, this one, it talks about the giving birth. And in our days, I think in, it's in 1948, we actually see the birth of this nation. Where they become a state. Uh, hello? So, it was talking about Israel as a nation. That's the first interpretation of it. And it says for it to give birth, it has to go through the period of traveling. It has to be traveled for, for a nation to be born at once. It says, can a nation be born at once? It says, but for as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. Okay? And the second interpretation, it talks about the church, which is you and I. In the New Testament, we are desire. Everybody say, I am desire. So, you need to understand that in the New Testament, we are talking about the church. Oh, let me give you a scripture. In the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse uh, 18 to, I think, 22 now, we'll read it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18 to 22. Are we guys good to read together? Yes. All right, let's read one to go. For we are not coming, as Moses did, to a physical mountain with it burning fire thick cloud of darkness and gloom and with a raging wild wind we are not those who are being warned by the jarring blast of a trumpet and the thundering voice the fearful voice that they could beg to be silent they couldn't undo God's command that says if so much as an, an animal approaches the mountain it will be stoned to death now, it's talking about Mosina. You need to understand that. It was talking about where the law was given. Where God was speaking. Even Moses, the Bible said he was trembling. Okay? The Bible says that is not where we have come. See what it says. It says we are not coming. So, in other words, we are not at that place where we are going to God. We don't know whether God, uh, as we are going to, you know, to church, God is going to pinpoint the sin that I have sinned yesterday. Whether God will raise judgment. It's not a place of judgment. Because in this place, there are so many things that you, you must observe. If you mess up, you are in trouble. Okay? So that's why he's saying that we are not there. Now, let's continue in verse 21 and 22. Let's read together. I want to go. The astounding phenomena Moses witnessed caused him, even Moses, to do what? Should I with fear? And he could only say, I am trembling in terror. But constant, we have already come near. So it was saying opposite this. It was, you know, constant means opposite, right? So verse 22 now says, by constant, we have already, not that we are going to. It says what? We have already come near to God. 
in the Mosina, excuse me, wait, in Mosina in the previous place, even an animal is not permitted to approach. Help me out. See what he says. Even where, where does it come in? All right. He says so much that an animal approaches the mountain is to be stoned to death. Not to talk about human being. So even animal that does not know what is being done there, if you move close to that mountain, it's going to be stoned to death. Not to talk about man. So that's not the place you have come. So he was telling us where we are now. Okay, so verse 22 says, By contrast, we have already come near to God. Everybody say, I have come near to God. I have come near to God. In a what? In a totally different reign. The what? Everybody says, Zion reign. What happened in Zion reign? For we have entered. We are not going to enter. We have entered the city. We are in the city. Hello? We are where? We are in the city. What is this city? Is he talking about physical city? No. See what it says here. For we have entered the city of the living God. Ah, where is the city of the living God? It's heaven. We are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. So our going to heaven now is not that God is doing us favor. Help me now. It's not a favor thing. Because we are seated. See what it says here. All right, let's continue. It says, which is the what? New Jerusalem, where? We have joined the what? Festal gathering of myriad of angels in their joyous celebration. So that is where we are. Oh, I would have loved to read even verse 23, 24, 25. It talks about what we are, we are in. This is where we are. So what I want to bring out is, we are now the Zion. The church is the Zion. So, now, quickly, are you guys with me? Yes. Now, understanding now that we are now the Zion. Now, let's now quickly go into Isaiah 66, verse 8. And now, let's, when we see Zion, we can now put the church. Is that okay with us? Yes. Alright, let's read one to go. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as the church travail, she... Is that a good interpretation of the scripture? Help me now. So, as soon as Zion... So, there is a period in times of the church that we need to give birth. We do what? We give birth. We give birth. We give birth. There are some, man, listen to this very carefully as, as we uh, listen to this. There are some that will come into Christ by just the preaching of the gospel. You know, just online now, we give invitation and there are some that will just, that's how they will come into the kingdom. Why there are some, we only come into the kingdom by this art of traveling. You know the word traveling is the same word used as labor. Just what a woman goes to in the place of labor. Have you ever seen a woman that wants to give birth and she's asking for jollof rice, uh, chicken? No. There's, no. there's nothing like that. In fact, I've seen women in, 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 they don't even mind that, okay, I'm wearing makeup. I mean, do you care? Do they care about makeups? No, there's nothing like makeup. In fact, I've seen a woman that strip herself naked in the place of traveling in the hospital. 
It's not looking at somebody is looking at me. No, 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 no. There's more thing that is important than all these things that you, you, you know. After the baby has come, now she now can now you know, you know, come up and frame and look good and look. But in the place of traveling, you forget. You focus on the birth and what you want to give up birth to. So that's what he's saying here. So there's some people that will come into the kingdom. We go out, we minister to them, and they receive the gospel. Why there are some that will come in in the place of traveling prayer like this? That's the only way they will come in. Praise the name of the Lord. And you see an example in the New Testament, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Let's read together. Want to go? My little children, of whom I in bed again until Christ be. What does it mean? It says, my little children of whom I travel in bed again. In other words, I actually travel for your bed. Help me now. I travel in for your bed and I'm going to go back to that traveling now. Now, this second time, not to be born because you're already born, but for Christ to be formed in you so that you will grow maturely in Christ. But the first thing is, he has to travel. So, can you see New Testament scripture of what we read in the book of Isaiah? That he, he says, until Zion travel, as soon as Zion travel, she bring forth. She bring forth. There are things, there are some people that, there's no way, especially, let, let me say this, especially our family, that it is very, very difficult for you to minister to them. I mean, to preach to them, that's what I mean. You know, it's some are very difficult for you to witness. Because even Jesus have the problem of, uh, you know, that's why I say, a mass enemy comes from his own household. The familiarity, everything is there. You understand what I'm talking about? So, you can preach to them. They just don't know you. They know you. Don't take you seriously. But what will you do in that asthma? Oh, you go through this channel of traveling for them. You give birth for them in prayer. You may not even talk to them about just leave the talking now. Pray for them, travel in bed for them. So that's exactly what Paul was saying here. He says, My little children, of whom I travel in bed. Oh, 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 God, oh, he knows how to travel. That's one of the best apostles we ever had in this on this planet Earth. He traveled in bed for them. And he says, I'm going back again. Oh, how long? We don't know. But until he told us when he's going to stop the traveling. So it's not, oh, we pray five minutes or 30 minutes now. And you say you are finished traveling. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't finish here. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You travel until you see the death. A woman that is in labor, does she just say, oh, I don't want to do this labor thing up again. Let me go back home. Uh-uh. The labor continues until when? The child comes out. And do you know what? Even physically for a woman, do you know that immediately the child is born? The pains of the labor. I don't know. If, I, 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 I mean, it is a miracle by God. Even which scientists cannot even explain. This is a person that was in agonizing pain. She's in deep pain. But immediately, a second after that, and I mean, God did it so much that she didn't even remember how the pain she went through. 
Now, a joy is seeing the baby. I've seen a woman, immediately the baby come out. He said, don't, just give it to me. Just put it in my hand. Hello, you know, you know, uh, you know the way. He said, just put the baby in my hand. Now, the pain that he was going through, I've forgotten, is the joy of sending. And that's what happens also spiritually. See, the pain does not, does not, does not, cannot be compared to the joy. That's what I'm saying. The pain, sometimes you fast, sometimes you stay in the place of prayer, sometimes you give it all it takes. But the joy, that's why the Bible says there is rejoicing in heaven over what? A person that bought a car? Over a soul that is born into the. Excuse me, even. And because we have come, you may not. Let me bring you back. It says, let, let's read this part. We have joined the what? The festal garden of myriad of angels in their ah, ah, why are they rejoicing? Why are they rejoicing? The Bible gives us a clear picture of why they are rejoicing. The Bible says, For a soul that is saved into the kingdom, there's what? There is rejoicing. So we join in the atmosphere of rejoicing. Our soul was glad when we see souls are being born. But oh, do you mean that this person is being born into the kingdom? You it's it's a, it's a joyful thing. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright, now, as I'm beginning to round up, um, it is unscriptural. Now, this, this I know we do that, most of us. But let me, let me just um, clarify this. It is unscriptural for us to ask God to save people. It's not scriptural. I know we say it a lot. Lord, save this person. No, it's unscriptural. Why is it on scripture? Let me ask. Internet guys. There's a prayer God will not answer. It's the prayer that Christ has already done. In God's eyes, the world is saved. Why? Jesus has already done it. Help me now. Has Jesus redeemed everyone? Yes, by his blood. But not everyone has accepted what Christ has done. So praying God, God, go and save this person. He said, that's why I sent my son. My son has already saved the person. That's why in the New Testament, there is no prayer that says, God, save this person. In the New Testament, you won't see it. It's, so wh- wh- where, where are we now to come in? So we don't ask God, God, save this person. God, save this person. It's a prayer that's not going to be answered. I know a lot of people say that, but out of ignorance, they don't actually know that. They have been in, I mean, that's why God says he's not imputing sin on man. Why is he not imputing? Because sin of man have been imputed on Christ. They have not just received it. That's why someone can be on a sick bed, having five more seconds to die, and he believes Jesus and he's saved. Uh-uh. What does he do? Does he have to do anything? No, it's to believe. And that's why we are, the Bible says, how will they believe until someone preach? So, is their believing of the preaching, that preaching is what actually makes the difference. Praise the name of the Lord. So, like I said, it is unscriptural for us to ask God to save people because Christ has already paid the price for their salvation. We are the one, please take note of what I'm saying now. Are we still online, guys? Now, we are the one now laying hold. Please, 
take note of what I'm saying carefully now. We are the one now laying hold on God's word and interceding on their behalf so that they will be saved. Do you guys get what I'm saying? We are the one now laying hold on God's word and interceding on their behalf so that they will be saved. Because God has already done his part. We are the one now that we are. That's why he needs our collaboration in this. Uh, now, quickly. Uh, okay. Um, I think I'll skip all this. Um, talks about why are they not saved most times is because the devil has blinded their minds to the gospel. Okay. But quickly, um, let me just, because of our time, so that we can pray. Uh, you know about this guy, right? George Muller. Now, I want to give you a story about this guy. And as we, you know, before we quickly just jump into prayer. Now, George Muller, you know, online worshippers, we have heard about him. Now, he has five friends that he wants to pray, he prayed for. So, I just, you know, an excerpt of, some, uh, of something that I, about him. I want us to just read it, okay? Read it and then we'll see exactly what I want us to see there. But it's about this guy, George Muller, okay? That's where we want to go. George Muller, the great Victorian Christian and social reformer, tells a story of persistent prayer in his diary. In November 1844, I began, so this is him talking now, right? All right, he said what? I began to pray for the conversion of how many people? Individuals, okay? He says, I prayed how many times? Every day without a single intermission. Whether or, or, or whether the pressure of my engagement might be. 18 months lapsed before the first of the five was converted. So after 18 months, how many months? I mean, that's one year and a half. The question is, can some of us stay on, 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 in the place of prayer for, for that long? To get the result. Now, not five of them. Remember, he's praying for five. Now, one of them got saved after. So he said that whether he is sick himself, he still pray. Whether and this guy is so busy, engaged. Uh, so with all his tight schedule, he still have to pray for these guys. Okay. Now, so one of them got saved, right? So what did he do? Let's continue. Want to go? I thank God and pray on for the others. Remaining four. Five years lapsed, and then the second one. Uh -uh. Can you just ask yourself? Because most times, the reason I'm showing you, you get so discouraged. I pray now, but the person, in fact, you may, it may be that the person you are praying for, when you are praying for them, that's when they started seeing some, I mean, some another kind of behavior that is not even a Christ behavior, and then you are discouraged. We are just praying for you. We are praying for you. Instead of that, we are even increasing the number of alcohol that you are drinking per day. You understand what I'm saying? But let's see what he says here. He says, what happened then? And then the second was converted. What did he do? I thank God for the second. And pray on for the three. Day by day, I continue to pray for them. And six years passed before... What did he do? And these two, <laughs> okay, so you can see how long it took. Now, let's continue. We have, we have not yet finished. All right, let's continue. 
All right. How many years now? How many years later? <laughs> Can you pray that long for someone? <laughs> All right, let's continue on to go. He wrote, but I hope in God. I pray on and look for the answer. They were not converted yet, but they will be. There is there an assurance that they will be converted for him? Yes. All right, well, what happened? In, in 1897, now let's just do a kind of mathematics. Now subtract 1844 from 1897. What does it give us? Yeah? 53, right? Help me now. All right, 53 years. All right, let's continue. In 1897, 52 years after he began to pray daily, Without interruption, but these two men, they were finally converted. But after George Muller died. <laughs> died, that's what he's saying. So actually, they were not converted because they read it in his. This was his diary, okay? His diary that he wrote, that his journal, okay? So if they actually get converted after even himself have gone to rest. But they were converted. Is that not what is important? So let's continue with it. Let's finish it up. Want to go? Mula, now let's continue. Let's read. Want to go? Mula understood what Luke meant when he introduced a parable. Jesus was Jesus told about prayer, saying, That they should do what? They should always pray without give up. Uh -uh. This is a good guy, a good example of staying in the place of prayer for souls. Without interruption, he keep praying for them. He keep praying for them. He keep traveling for them. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to encourage you. If you have a family members of yours that is not yet saved, or you are trusting God for someone, and the person is not yet saved, don't, don't give up on prayer for them. Keep praying for them. If you can take a guy 52 years, for him, I mean, 50, this long, but he knew that he has an assurance that as long as he keeps traveling, he will give birth to these people. And he was able to. And I want us to pray. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, let's be on our feet as we pray. So, traveling prayer, it's, we, we, we see. Hello, guys. We keep on praying until we see their beds. This is what Paul was saying here. Let me show you something here. This is what Paul says here in Galatians chapter. He says until. So it's not. That's why I say that the principle of prayer of faith does not work with intercessory prayer. Inter prayer intercessor, I mean prayer of faith does not until you believe by faith and you receive and then you do. Even when you have not seen it physically. But this one, no, 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 no. We keep praying until we see it. Help me now. Paul was not saying that I believe that I will travel and by faith you guys will be born. No, no, no. He says until Christ is formed in you. In other words, when I finish praying and say, Father, thank you for answer prayer, is when I see that you have come into Christ. 
Do you guys get what I'm saying? I want us to pray. We are going to pray. First of all, we are going to pray just in, in, in your mind, your loved ones, your relatives, your colleagues. There is no safe that you have been trusting God. We are still going to pray for them. Trusting God that they are going to be saved. Praise the name of the Lord. Hello, Lawrence. This thing is shaking. Please do that. All right, so we are going to pray for them until Christ is what is forming them. And we are going to pray. I want you to mention their names. If that is all what we do today, it's, it's worth it. 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 We are going to pray for them. We are going to declare. We are going to.